0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Monday Main Point. It is Monday, November 22nd, 2021 here at Rosa Sharon Baptist Church. Uh, I am uh, here with the rest of the pastoral staff. I'm Jonathan Hendrickson, I'm associate pastor here, and I'm here with Jeremiah Custer, our youth pastor, Blake Flincham, our children's pastor, and Jeff McCarthy, our senior pastor. Everyone's here. This is the week before Thanksgiving, and we have been talking. If you've been following along with the podcast, we've been talking Uh, For the last month about grace as we have been uh, doing a uh, sort of a four sermon sermon series on the facets of grace. And we all agree, uh, you know, after doing four weeks on grace that we could literally do a whole year's worth and more on grace because grace is just it permeates all of scripture. And so we're just, as Jeff put it, well, I think in the last podcast, we're just scratching the surface here. Of, of this topic but to sort of put a bow on this sermon series um, jeff had had jeff you did a sermon on defining grace like you did your sermon on on um, the aspect of saving grace jeremiah you did yours on sanctifying grace or grace that's in the present how grace impacts the here and now and I think mine, fellows, was probably, the message I preached yesterday was probably more along the practical application of what we've been talking about. Or at least one aspect of the practical application. And that's being better receivers of grace in order that we might be better givers of grace. And um, and so we'll, we'll talk about that today. For the text, I I, I went with, uh, I, could have, I, I had several places I considered looking at, but I ended up going to John chapter 13, verses through and that's just um, if you're familiar with with, uh, John's gospel, that's John's telling of what happens at the Passover supper, the last supper when Jesus goes with his meets with his disciples there in the upper room and John details an event that none of the other gospels detail it's only found in John and uh, it's the the, um, I didn't mention this but if you go to Luke's gospel we know that in Luke's Gospel and I think in another one um, the disciples have been arguing with each other about who who's gonna be the greatest mm-hmm. and uh, and I think really this is a key moment this is probably a, in this is partially I think in response to that disagreement I didn't mention that yesterday but I think it is um, Jesus instead of putting on the robe of authority to preside over this Passover meal as the head of a household would do, he instead removes this robe of authority, ties a towel around himself, and begins washing the feet of the disciples. And um, where I really kind of zeroed in is his, uh, his uh, conversations, dialogue he has with Peter. Because he comes to wash Peter's feet and Peter is like, what are you doing you know why are you, why are you washing feet basically and jesus says you don't understand this but you will and he says no nah, you're not going to wash my feet <laughs> not now or ever basically and jesus plainly tells him if if i don't do this then you have no part with me you, you and so then peter turns around and says okay well if you're going to do it then wash my don't just wash my feet but wash all of me wash my hands and my head and jesus in 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 a kind of interesting statement, we can look at that in detail, actually, in this podcast, I think it'd be interesting, says, um, you know, basically, uh, you don't need anything else to be clean. If I've declared you clean, you're clean, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And the only thing that you, you know, know, occasionally, your feet's going to get dirty, right? Your feet are going to be dirty. You're going to need sanctifying, purifying, right, all on the way. And then, after all this, uh, he puts back on the rub of authority and then sits down to teach the disciples um, and tell them, he asks them, do you, do you know what I just did? And then, um, after that, he says, as I have done for you, you go and do for each other. And sort of that's the text in, in a paraphrase. So, from that text, um, I, I really pulled just two main points. Um, the first of which is that um, if we're going to have fellowship with Jesus, it requires um, receiving grace. And I don't think I don't think that uh, I hesitate. Uh, that was the first point. The second point is that if we're going to have if we're going to follow Jesus, it requires that we give grace. And I, I I'm um I'm always hesitant to put in absolute language. I don't know if you guys, I, I don't always like to use absolute language because um, its you always run the risk of, oh, well, maybe there's an exception to this. But I think that requires is not too strong of a word here. Um, certainly in terms of this first point. we You might argue that following Jesus doesn't require giving grace. We can talk about that. But I think that fellowship with Jesus, I mean, Jesus says it, doesn't he? Fellowship with Jesus, Jeremiah, seems to to me at least, to require receiving grace.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's too strong of language to say that. I mean, I can't think of an exception. I mean, not in the scriptures of someone having fellowship with Jesus and not having grace. Except for maybe this text, like, you might could say, well, I know, because we wouldn't even say Judas had fellowship with Jesus. Like, no. In, in that in that sense, yeah. like like being in. Right. And
0: I think it's important here, too. That's a good point. Because I think it's important to note that um, just because you get your feet washed, right, just because you um, had this right doesn't necessarily equate fellowship. It just means if you're going to have fellowship, any kind of fellowship at least has to start with receiving grace. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because Judas does get his, I, I mean, I understand that Jesus
2: washed Judas' feet too. Jesus oh, yeah. doesn't, Judas yeah. doesn't say you're not going to do this. He yeah, hasn't left yet. So, I mean, the way I always looked at it is like the requirement is uh, to be in a relationship with Jesus requires receiving grace because that's how we enter into that relationship. Right. And then as we live our Christian life, uh, it's grace then that keeps us in that fellowship sure. even if we refuse it. And all this, so uh, obviously, in in uh, so to have fellowship with Jesus, um, even if you're not saved, he still ate with the sinners and he hung out with the sinners. And here, even the one that's going to betray him, and even if you look at Peter is getting ready to deny him, he still offered that extended yeah. that grace yeah. to people. Which we should do that too with lost people and all, because we really want them to enter into a relationship. And the only way we can do that is to show them. Than this fellowship of grace, which is, I think, what Jesus was was doing here.
0: So, do you guys think that um, that God uh, that because Judas is an example of this? So Judas receives grace from Jesus, but doesn't have fellowship with him, right? Um, so well, he doesn't have a relationship with him. Well, it, a but I but I would think I would think fellowship and relationship are. I see those two things as as. Closely to synonymous to me. Well, that's what I mean when I say. Well, fellowship. I'll
2: make a distinction because uh, uh, I can be related to like a brother or an uncle, but we're not having a fellowship right now because we're distant or we're estranged from each other.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then maybe we show up at Thanksgiving and we eat a meal together, so we kind of had fellowship. Um, kind of awkward, but but. But I think the relationship is different from fellowship. But I think it's two he, different things. But
0: even if, so if you, even if you do that, you would say that, fel, I would still say that fellowship, if you're going to have fellowship too, you, it, it requires receiving grace. Yeah. Right? But I think both do. And so
2: that's what Judas received the grace that Jesus was offered to him in this act, but Judas had not received the salvation grace. Right.
0: So yeah. that gets to my point, Jeff. And that's what I was going to say. Is there Are there graces that God extends that people can receive but that still don't save them?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I would say one we would call in theological circles is a common grace where I think anybody can pray to God. I think anybody can pray to God. And, um, you know, if you, you know, I've said this before, but the fact that we're like living is a testimony of God has given us favor to live another day. Okay. So, God has bestowed a lot of favor on humanity when he didn't have to mm-hmm. um you know if he uh, is giving you food on the table and if he's given you two one thing to be thankful for um then he's given you uh, you know this Thanksgiving you know and if he's giving you just one thing you know he's given you grace okay so i th- I would say that he does provide common grace. Yeah, like people. so, it
2: rains on the just and the unjust. So, right, right. So there, there are these graces that are given, and the holy, uh, the Holy Spirit, just even the Holy Spirit wooing us is a grace. Right. So there are grace. There's so that's the whole thing about it fast is a grace. We haven't even we hadn't we not talked about it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's such a, a huge thing that um, it's available. And we can receive grace and still at the same time reject Jesus as our Savior. Yeah. Which is kinda which yeah, is really the heartbreaking thing about it. It is.
0: This this gets though to to something that um like you brought up something that I don't think everybody agrees with what you said a moment ago. Like I've heard people before say something to the effect of, Well, God doesn't listen to to any prayer of a lost person except for the prayer for salvation. And so, um, so, so then that then, like I said, so is it possible to receive grace from God to receive, like actively receive grace, but not receive saving grace? Does it does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, because I think I think maybe this what happened with Judas. I think Judas is a good example of this here. Um, that certainly, to, to borrow from sort of philosophical terms here. Um, its Grace is a necessary component for fellowship and relationship with Jesus. But is grace all we need for, um, for receiving grace? Is that all we need? Is it, is it sufficient for relationship with Jesus? Does that make sense, Jeremiah, what I'm trying to say?
1: Yeah, we'll probably disagree here. I think it's sufficient. I think that all you need is saving grace but I make a distinction between saving grace and common grace or mm, right. saving grace and provenient grace because uh, I think that yeah I mean it's not a few things that grace people receive until they die I mean just life like he Your mentioned breath. life, breath I mean food well, those are things that you, those
0: are things that you, that you receive but not actively receive I would say that you most passively receive them do you know what I'm saying? Like Peter, in, in this instance, Jesus is offering something that clearly you can refuse. It's kind of hard to refuse air or life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, well, I guess you can't refuse life. But
1: do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: But, but continue on. I, 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 I didn't mean to throw off. Yeah,
1: it's just kind of weird because Peter is wanting to actively refuse it. Yeah. And I'm not going to say Jesus won't let him. but then there's another in the room (laughs) but I mean that's kind of what it looks like but uh, there's another in the room that probably wants it and it seems like he can't receive it Mm -hmm. and so for me saving grace is more passive than it is active and maybe exclusively passive I know you receive it and that's sort of active but really it's not I mean it's receiving something is not you're doing something, sure, but it's passive. Well, this gets it's that an quote, act of the will, though. Well, this is, yeah, I think it's an act of the will. This gets so
0: question that someone was asking you just the other day because you brought it up last night. Yeah. What does it mean to surrender? Yeah, right, right. Like, because um, to fill you guys in, we, we were at uh, uh, Student Life Ministry last night, or you know, Student Ministry last night, and Jeremiah. In the course of talking about, we uh, were looking like, like Hebrews chapter. Four, Three. three. And and in the course of talking about salvation and stuff, Jeremiah brought up a conversation he had with a friend who said he had heard Jeremiah's message on grace and he said, I have a question for you. What is what do you mean when you say surrender? What is what does that mean to surrender? And so Jeremiah kinda of wrestled with that a little bit and I remember well what did what did you what did you ultimately land on with that?
1: Oh, I'm still wrestling with it. I mean it's it's just a, a complication with terms. I mm-hmm. mean it's if you think it's supposed to be active, like he, he he asked specifically later was like, is there is there qualitative or, or quantitative qualities? Like can you can you measure it? Can you measure surrender? Mm. Like is it something that I've surrendered fifty percent and now I want to get to sixty percent? Like so- is that measurable? Or are we talking about full, complete surrender, wave the white flag, you don't do anything?
0: Right. Well, that, see, that's what. But but I would say, the the white flag is exactly what I would say. You don't ever see any any in a in a field of conflict is somebody doesn't partially wave a white flag. You either wave the white flag or you don't wave the white flag. Yeah. It's either you sur- you you say I surrender, right, or you don't surrender. I and mean, I, I, I when I think of surrender, I think of it as in terms of totality. I don't I don't know that there is a. You know, or like you know, when you were a kid, I don't know if you ever played those games where you you know, hold you know, you try to squeeze you, you squeeze each other, and somebody says you know, "Say mercy, say uh, mercy," uncle, right, yeah. uh, Uncle? Right? There isn't a partial I give. Yeah. There's you know, like I only kind of give. You either give or you don't. Right, give. And then
2: you're at the mercy of the person that you're surrendering to. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I say mercy, is the person gonna let go of my hand and quit squeezing it? Right. You're hoping they will. Yeah. And that's why you surrender. But but also if you're surrendering as a ruse, like I'm gonna wave the flag, but I'm really not fully surrendered. And if I get a way to get out of this or fight back, I'm going to. Yeah. So so it has to be complete. Which I would think so. Did you look it up? Yeah, online? I looked it up on <laughs> Google. over there, yeah, like sir. I'm just gonna Google surrender. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: uh, Google here has it as a. One thing it is, is a verb. Cease resistance to an enemy or opponent and submit to their authority. Um, okay. One definition is abandon oneself entirely to a powerful emotion or influence or give in to. Um, another one is cancel and receive back or proportion of premiums paid. That's definitely probably not anything that we're <laughs> going to talk about. So that's just a few uh that's just a few uh, just a few things with surrender. I uh, give up or hand over. But in all those definitions it
0: yeah. doesn't sound to me like it's a partial that there's any room for partiality like a partial
1: yeah. yeah. But then when we think of Christianity it's like did I relinquish control or do I still Is there still me in there in the equation, right? Like, because we want full surrender. That's the reason we, at least I and I think Jonathan, don't like to say, "Ask Jesus into my life," right? Right. Because it's it implies that it's still my life. Yeah. That that I'm still like in control, and Jesus can come into that. Like he can join that. Right. Rather than it being full surrender, so we like to say. Uh, surrender your life to Jesus, like, right? Um, what I
0: what what I mean when I say that, and um, is um, in, in terms of again, let's go back to the the the, the message here. of re- being recipients of grace, right? Being a receiver of grace. Um, what I mean when I say that, when I say I surrender uh, my life, I'm saying I, I put it to people this way. I am no longer depending on anything else for my salvation other than Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I have bought that package wholesale mm-hmm. and sold everything else. Now that doesn't mean that I've given up my will mm-hmm. because I don't think it's part of surrender. Yeah. What I think what I think surrendering is, is saying I am I am no longer holding on to any other thing for my hope in eternal life. Um, or anything, I'm not trying to uh, earn my way to God. I'm not trying to uh, get to Him through any other path. I have chosen this path and this path alone, and I am wholesale in on it, and uh, I've sold everything else. Yeah. You know, I've bought the field with the, with the treasure in it, and I, you, that's it, right? That's, that's it. But there's not any other field for me. That, that's it. That's what I'm putting all my, my marbles in on, right? And so for me, that's what I mean when I say surrender. Um, I don't know. Does that make sense to you guys? I mean, that, that's that's where I come from. That's where I come to. I, I have received wholesale the grace. But th- that, but this gets back to what I was saying before, though. I don't know that it's so much. Um, that receiving receiving grace is part of it. Like I can't I can't buy or I can't surrender to the gospel without receiving grace. But I think that there's an active part of my will that says I'm eschewing all the other stuff, right? That that's willfully, I'm willfully doing that in order to surrender to this. And that's where I think when I was saying before, I think one can, I think grace is certainly necessary, but I don't know if grace is sufficient on its own apart from, the will saying, "I'm, I'm, I'm getting rid of it," and we can disagree on that, and, I, and that's that's fine. I'm just, well, I'm just know, giving my, I'm just giving my own. By opinion grace are you
2: saved through faith,
0: so that right, it right. It up, that you still have an active. This faith seems to be to that faith is, that is an active thing, right? Yes. Because because the lack of faith is off. Well, like you said last night, <laughs> the lack of faith leads to disobedience, mm-hmm. and so it seems to me that there's there's an active component somewhere
2: in there. And I think what Jesus is getting here when you look at that. I've always, like you did a good job explaining it, that we're cleansed, but we're still in the world. So we're still going to be subject to sin. Yeah. We're still going to be subject to rebellion, subject to doing our own things, subject to disobeying God, subject to even not even receiving His grace. And so that breaks that fellowship, even though we're still in relationship. And so to bring us back into fellowship, hey, I'm offering this. You know, you're clean, but... Let's, let's get your feet washed up and let's get back under the table and let's, let's get back to, uh, you know, this relationship that we have in this fellowship. We want to keep it intimate and close and not distant and separated. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you so it's still an act of grace that that happens. We don't, like, come to Jesus and say, hey, look, Jesus, I'll wash my feet. Mm-hmm. So, now I can come and get back into your good graces. right. He's right. like, no, 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 no. I'm the only one that can wash your feet. But, so you don't have to do anything. Just come back into the table. Let me wash your feet, and we're going to be restored and where we need to be.
0: Yeah. Well, let, I, I want to look at a couple of of the subpoints that I brought up and see what you guys think. Um, uh, I read John thirteen six, where it says Jesus comes to Simon Peter and he asks him, and, and Peter asks him, "Lord, are you going to wash my feet?" And I, I said that sometimes I think a refusal of grace happens because we misunderstand the giver. Um do you think Peter misunderstood Jesus? Do you think he he didn't quite get who Jesus is and it's part of the reason why he's saying he's 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 struggling with this moment?
1: I would say at least for this passage uh n- maybe not that he un- misunderstood the giver, but he misunderstood this. Mhm which is easy to do this is not an easy text in my opinion this is like mm-hmm. like there's a lot in this <laughs> group of texts mm-hmm. like i i can't even say 100 right now that i know what jesus is trying to do like trying to tell them mm-hmm. in this moment and so i i would even post being saved i don't 100 even know what he's doing like why why does he have to do this what what's What's with the feet even after listening to your sermon mm-hmm. and I'm not saying you you, right. you fogged the water it's just it's just confusing what what he's doing here and so I, I just like Peter as a spokesperson for all of us mm-hmm. like like I think he want he, he realizes man I need to be clean and so he wants he wants full clean, full cleanliness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's probably not where you thought I was going <laughs> to. No,
0: no, 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 no. I think I think there's, I think there are three. Peter has sort of three different responses to to this offer of what I'm calling an offer of grace because it is an offer of grace. Yeah. I, I do think what Jesus is doing here is a gracious thing because it's certainly nothing that they deserve, mm-hmm. and it's it's it, he's sacrificing in order to do it. I mean, he's he's yeah. clearly. And John takes great pains in the first three verses of this passage to show us that this is this is the God of the universe, right? This right. isn't just this is He who has all authority. God has given Him all things. So this that's who is doing this act. That's who's getting down on His knees and getting filthy, right? Yeah. So, um, I uh, Peter's first, I think Peter's first thing though. And it, to me, it reflects back to his, his. I guess the reason why I said it, sometimes it's because we misunderstand the giver. Yeah. We don't. We don't always understand. Or like, or Peter doesn't always. Certainly, Peter doesn't always understand what God's trying to do, or what Jesus is even trying to do. Yeah. You know, I I brought up the passage from Matthew where he's Jesus is clearly saying, "This is what I'm going to do." Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be crucified. But I'm rising. In. Peter's like, no, it's not how it happened. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, even here he still does the same. I mean, yeah. He goes out to the garden. He chops off a guy's ear, uh, and then he goes and denies Jesus because he's really still he's still really upset that why are you letting this happen to you? You're you're the Messiah, you know. Call an army. Get this. Take care of this. Why is this happening? He's still struggling with that. So I think this 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 act that he's doing here is a representation that Jesus is the one that's going to cleanse us. It's an act of service. It's an act of lowliness. He emptied himself. He did all this stuff. He humiliated himself, even with his own people, and uh, and even to the one that's going to betray him, and even to the one that's going to, to deny him. And then all of them scattered and ran. Yeah. But he still does the act of grace yeah it, and so it, 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 it's it's the big picture kind of thing he's showing here um, because we struggle with all the same things too well God you know if you're really God why did my child get sick mm-hmm. or why did I lose my job or why is my wife you know divorcing me or why you know why is our church not growing whatever whatever it is we want to attribute and say we've done all these things we have this idea of who you are and what we're supposed to do. And so it goes back to that whole grace is given, but we think we got to do something to get it and keep yeah. it and have fellowship and all that. Other well, stuff. I think it's like, you know, it's really hard
3: to look at this passage and not see like our religious selves mm-hmm. because we have this, you, we just feel like, it just doesn't feel right for Jesus to be serving us a little bit because we're so like, well, you know, we need to do, 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 instead of just receive, receive, receive sometimes. And it just doesn't feel right reading this passage, at Mm -hmm. least sometimes, because you have who we believe is God in the flesh, wiping the dirty feet of his disciples. Mm-hmm. If anything, really, they should be the ones washing Jesus' feet, serving him, you know. Right. I think of and text, I think that's
1: where Peter's at. And yeah. I and I don't blame him for that. It's well, like I think he gets that that this dude is God. Like he claims yeah. to be God. Yeah. I think he's God. Right. Why in the world is God washing my feet? Yeah. And I think of text like a So he does misunderstand the giver. He misunderstands the giver's mission, at least. Yes. And that's why... Well, and
0: Jesus even says, look, Peter, you don't understand this You're not going to get this right You're not going to understand yeah. this now. You're, you're not. And But I promise, if you just trust me, yeah. you will understand it later. And, then, and then, I, then I think it leads to a problem, but we'll get to that in a second. And time. I Go think ahead. of
3: texts like Philippians 2, where it says, one day every knee shall bow, and things like this. Right. And it's just like, God bowing to his disciples just doesn't... It just doesn't feel right reading it. But yeah. you got to understand... Like your point said, you have to understand the giver yeah. of grace and realizing, you know, yeah, he's serving them, and a couple chapters later in John, he's about to do the greatest yeah. act of service known to man. But I think so, it all
2: sets up to your point, too, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing it because he wants us really not to serve him. He wants us to serve others, and by serving others, we're actually serving him. Yeah, so
0: this gets to the question that I asked yesterday, and I, and, and I had to wrestle with this a little bit, too. If Jesus walks in the room right now and he offers to wash, he says, I'm going to wash your feet. Are you going to
1: let him? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's the, the 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 Sunday school answer is yeah. But it's still even, I mean, post, I know everything Jesus has done for us. Right. I, like I do understand as opposed to Peter. And yet I would still be like. Can I do that
2: for you? Like, it would be the most humbling experience yeah. in your entire life. Well yeah. Other than salvation. The,
3: when you ask that
2: well, salvation uh, yeah. salva-
0: Shouldn't salvation bring us to that same point though? When we yeah. really think of, well, and it I does. guess that was my point yeah. that, it that it just
1: feels like false humility. Yeah. It feels like I don't know. I, I would I would want to think that I would be like so humbled by Jesus' presence that I wouldn't want him to do that for me yeah right like i i don't know it's it's i guess because we don't have foot washings and yeah like that's not a part of our culture because i mean literally that's what the slaves would do like the servants would do yeah
2: and so it just feels like it would be kind of like if jesus said hey give me all your dirty underwear i'm gonna do your laundry for you today I wouldn't and I would have that.
0: to. I wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> Jesus can do my dirty yeah. laundry. But I mean, I'm that's, trying to think if That's I, technically no, what I mean, it, it is. Did. It's yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah. having to touch. Jesus. Like, right. Like, so
2: he would have to touch it, put it in the thing to clean it and yeah, all Yeah, like hand wash it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you, you were going to say something. Go ahead. I'm I, talking about this same topic. We're oh, yeah,
3: like yeah. Jesus I mean, here. there's a, wh- even when you ask that question, there's just something in me. It's like, no, no, I want to bow before Jesus, you know, yeah. not like trying to brag. I'm just like, if he came in the room, I'd be like, heck yeah, this is awesome, you know, but right. there, even when you ask that question, it's just like, why is he washing my feet? You know, yeah. it's like, but that's because, like I said, and that's I feel like that's like the religion in us, instead of the I guess relationship. But it's just weird be because tacky. part of me
1: is like, like I would expect him to. I mean, that's just who Jesus is. But it's not who we think of him as. I,
0: yeah. I, and I think that's the problem. I think I think the disconnect happens when we, yeah. we, we, and he is glorified, right? I mean, yeah. and when he comes again, he is going to come. And I think you said this last week. He's going to come yeah. in his glory. Yeah, we understand that and know that. But the Jesus who our salvation depends on is that Jesus. Yeah. It's that guy, and yet we really struggle. There's a disconnect between the way we view Jesus and and that guy. Like yeah. like we don't those, those things don't compute. I mean, you just sat there a minute ago. And said, I don't I don't know that I understand what he's doing here. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it doesn't feel right. I think it's what you said, Blake, and and, and so we can we can really empathize with Peter here. I, mean, I and but I think that. In the same way, let's take our feelings about that and apply it to, you know, when when we have opportunity to receive grace from other people. I think sometimes we struggle with that. Mm-hmm. I just, I do. I don't, I, um, we, we might be pretty, we might even think of ourselves as pretty good at giving grace. But I wonder how many of us are really, would think that we're pretty proficient at receiving grace.
3: Well, especially. From, especially not just yeah. from God,
0: but from just other people. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, especially, like, in sometimes, I know, like, with us being, like, in seminary circles sometimes, and having, like, I think of, like, accountability groups, and, you know, if we've done something, like, drastic, or, you know, we got back into struggling with another sin, we just kind of expect our friends to maybe, like, beat us over the head, and just be like, dude, what, like, what are you doing, you know, you're a pastor, you shouldn't struggle with it, whatever, but giving great, now, there is a moment in time where you do speak truth i'm not saying that there's not right but you also jesus came full of truth and grace as mm-hmm. well and so and so should we and uh, but there is a part where you wouldn't expect to almost like get grace but you should give grace and that might be a moment where you the person not giving yourself enough grace might be you mm-hmm. and when it comes to allowing the holy spirit to help you forgive yourself sometimes and do you think we
0: struggle with receiving grace because we just it is such a humbling thing?
2: Yeah, I think mm. it's, it's very humbling. Plus, uh, a lot of times it's the people that you don't really expect it that extend grace to you. Sometimes in ways that you're like, that was too big of a sacrifice for them to be able to give this gift or give this mm-hmm. uh, thing to me or provide for me in this way. And so, or even offer forgiveness you, yeah, to me in and this so, way. Yeah, and so when you push back and refuse it, then you're robbing that person then of a blessing that they're going to receive because hey, I was able to do that. Mm-hmm. So you have to have the right attitude about it, and the right your heart's got to be right um, in order to receive it. Yeah. And then what it does, then it helps you then look down the line and say, hey, I can do the same thing too. So it's right. Um, but yes. It's really hard uh, if you ever been on a mission trip or something, and these these people want to want to give you a gift or want to, and you're like, well, hold on, you know, I'm this rich American, I got everything, I don't really need that, and if you don't take the gift, if you don't take what they're offering, it's really then. Um, they look at it as like you're rejecting me or you're rejecting what I'm offering. And so it's the same way, I think, in a lot of ways.
0: I'll tell you a story. Um, I went, uh, first time I ever went on a mission trip, I went to Belize. Was, I was in college and uh, never been to um, never been out of the country before and going into this third world country. And it's third world in parts of it, right? So we're, we're there in, in, um, in, uh, in, in Punta Gorda, uh, Belize. And um, we were going there as a group to, um, to show some love on this community. To, um, uh, and we were working on their school building and I had been up on the roof, it was hot that day and we were just scrubbing the, scrubbing the dirt off their roof and stuff so we could repaint it. And I remember I came off the roof and it was lunchtime for these kids. And this little boy comes over and I'm sitting there and I mean, it's not like I don't have food. So boy comes over and his entire lunch is a single orange, an orange. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all he has. He doesn't have anything else. He just has this one orange. And I watch as he cuts the thing in half and hands me a whole half of his orange. Mm-hmm. And I took it because what do what do you what do you do in that instance? But I'm like I, I don't. But he he insisted that I take it. Mm-hmm. And. Um, I remember it just it floored me because i've never experienced something like that right that that somebody would have so little but give me out of the out of the little bit that they have would give me mm-hmm. half of a half of a and it just it humbled me so yeah. much it just i think
2: that's the thing is the humble humbling yeah happens we're yeah. not used to it and it's uh, something that's not part of our nature, and I think that's the surprising thing about grace is when we offer grace, and uh, it's it's the opposite of what the world would expect. Like the world so, would say, "You do something for me, I'm gonna do something for you." There's a give and take, quick yeah. quote, pro, whatever you, you know, all those words that we use. But it's but if it's true grace, it's just given, mm-hmm. and it can either be received or rejected. Yeah, but still the offer is made. And so that's why when we come back offering grace or extending grace, uh, it's the it's the opposite of what the world expects. And so I think that's tied into our scripture here because these disciples, they really expected Jesus to set up a kingdom. And like you said, they were just arguing about that: who's going to be the first and the the you know who's going to be at your right hand, left hand. They they it never really dawned on them to after the fact that you know, I'm coming to die. Mm-hmm. You know, this is my act of glory and grace mm-hmm. to, to show the world that I'm, you know, this is who I am. This is how I do demonstrate my love. And so I think that's part of the struggle. And we still have that same struggle here as Christians in America. You know, we want to give out, but we want something in return. You know, we want, we want, uh, we want the world to look at us and come to us. Um, and sometimes we don't extend our grace. We we hold it in, and then when we do extend it, sometimes the world goes, well, what do you want in return? Right. And so that's why when we do things, we have to go beyond. We have to do a lot of explaining because it goes counterculture to church growth and all. Yeah. We're just doing this for our community. To show our community. We love them. Right. This is just an act that we're doing. Yeah. We don't want anything in return. Right. And everybody's like, you shouldn't say that. (laughs) But, you know, if somebody gives, so we do the light show or whatever, or some visitor wants to give an offering. Yeah. We we don't really expect it, but we're not going to turn it down either. We're not going to, we're going to allow them to still, you know, give. And so it's just having your heart right. in the whole, the whole thing. And I think maybe that's the point Jesus was trying to get their, their hearts right. And, off of everything else, they're looking at and getting them ready for what he's getting ready to do.
0: Yeah, well, I think that um, um, the part of part of the issue, and this goes back to that message I preached. From, it was almost like a prequel to our grace series when, when I talked about how grace isn't fair, right? right? We don't really want fair. At the end of the day, we don't. Want, we say we want fair, and, and and I think what 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 people want, what people think that they want, and what what I'm hearing you say is. They want this sort of equal transaction. Okay, I do this for you, God, and then you do this for me in return. But then grace says, "No, that's not how that works. Grace doesn't work that way." And it gets to the whole thing of Peter saying, "Okay, if you're going to do this, then you're not doing enough. <laughs> you, yeah. well, you need to wash my my head and my hands too, right?" And then I think Jesus' answer to that is a little confusing. If I'm being completely fair, I, I, I. I um, I try to I try to make as much sense out of it as I could for yeah. for us yesterday. But Jesus says one who is bathed, Jesus tells him, doesn't need to wash anything except his feet, but he is completely clean. You were clean, but not all of you, for he knew who would betray him. This is why he said you were not all clean. Now clearly he's talking about, okay, all of you are clean, all of you are are are, are made righteous except for the one who's gonna betray me. So he's he's talking about it in terms of that. But I'm looking for where What's his answer to Peter here? Mm-hmm. Like, and the the best I could come up with, the best of the, as I understood it, is he's saying, Peter, you're you're clean, right? You don't need anything more than what I'm offering you. What I'm offering you is is sufficient, right? Or or what the the clean the cleansing that I'm going to offer you through through my sacrifice on the cross is going to be sufficient, right? Um, and, and you don't need anything except for your feet, like like we said. You know, sometimes um, it doesn't, it didn't negate a priest's cleanliness uh, as far as his his uh, his original consecration if he went and walked and got dirt on his feet, right? But clearly, he's not going to go to the temple with dirt on his feet. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah. Like he still has to wash his hands and feet, mm. but he doesn't have to be consecrated every time, all over again. He doesn't have to be. Because he was consecrated for that service once and for all, so he is declared pure for temple service. And he put the
2: garments on,
0: right? <laughs> and then what he's gonna, but even in you know, even from walking from his consecration over to this next spot, he might get dirt on his mm-hmm. hands or his feet, so he's gonna wash that off. Mm-hmm. And I, that's the that's the best uh, I found that in a, um, uh, a commentary on on this passage, and that's the best I could come up with as to what Jesus is trying to say here. You all have the other thoughts on this.
2: Not that I already said. yeah, no, okay, all right. You know, we're in the world, and we're gonna we're gonna mess up, and we just need to be clean. The problem is, we want to clean our own feet, instead so of letting Jesus clean our feet for us. Yeah, I do think it still goes back to the sanctifying grace, Jeremiah.
1: Yeah, I think it's. I mean, it's. There's. It's got to be like there's positional. Positional righteousness, and then. A process of righteousness. It's got. That's got to be what he's talking about, and. You you might have to pull it up that that quote that Nick actually our previous previous uh, children's pastor uh, he quoted on Facebook you know what I'm talking about Oh yeah 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 I, I he that. talked about because an aspect we haven't really covered with this uh, sermon series is like what Jesus did on the cross and our moment of salvation mm-hmm. actually already covers sins we will commit Here it is Yes I found
0: it. I I, I don't know, it's uh, from, the the original tweet was from Shane Pruitt, so I guess it might be who said it, but when Jesus saves someone today, he's already factored in their sins of tomorrow. That kind of grace is truly amazing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So like, I think that's probably at play because given the fact that Judas is there, and he's, he's clearly making a major distinction between... Peter for instance and right. Judas. Right, right. Yeah. In fact the whole text is it's really talking about how Judas is going to betray him and how that was prophesied and mm-hmm. how he has final authority, I was sent, follow me. I mean just all that kind of stuff. But I think what's at play is here is, is Peter because he says you're already, you've already bathed. And if you're you've already bathed, you don't need anything clean except for your feet. And mm-hmm. something like for me, that's like you're already positionally righteous, right? But here, let me, let me, let me deal with uh, fu- future sin or, or fu- this cleanliness of just being human, still being here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if that's where I land on what it means, but I, it seems to be that that's kind of what's going on. That, right. That there's this positional righteousness, and then the current process of becoming righteous. Uh, that Jesus is talking
0: about. Yeah, so let's move to this, the, the the second point of the message. We spent a lot of time on the first one, and actually, I think the second one is really important. Yeah. So this is where I said um, I, I wonder if maybe is, is is the is the language I'm using here too strong, but I came to the conclusion after reading this that following Jesus requires giving grace. Um, I you might disagree. You might say, following Jesus, you know, followers of Jesus should give grace. But I actually think that following Jesus—if you're going to really follow after
3: Him—it requires giving grace. I hardly agree with that. Yeah, and I, I don't think "requires" too strong language either, because um, if we're going to truly follow Jesus, and, and I'm not saying that showing people grace saves us by any means, but I'm just saying if we're going to truly follow Jesus and we're going to be little Christ, if we're going to be like First Corinthians 11, mm-hmm. one of like imitators of, you know, I think being imitators of Jesus, then we have to show grace mm-hmm. because our Lord and Savior showed grace. Well, and, right. and if we're going to sh- be like Him, then giving people grace is being like Him. And in all honesty, showing people grace not expecting anything in return is a great segue into a conversation about Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think of, uh, I was back in, uh, Dobson a couple days ago helping them, helping a mission project out, and um, we were just giving, uh, just giving out food to this uh, community, to a lot of these older older people. I think it's like sixty five and older or something, and just praying with them and just giving them things, and they were like super super grateful. But we got to tell them like, hey, the reason we're doing this is we're getting to serve you because Jesus came and served us and right, got, right. got into great gospel conversation with them, mm-hmm. and that's a i think that's how we should live our lifestyle is by resembling the lord jesus yeah so i i really appreciated your point on that
0: yeah um so you know the two things that i said here um we don't have to spend a lot of time on because we kind of touched on already but um because i'd like to get to the third point of this so that's the, the first one but one is that if we're going to give grace, then we need to understand grace. But I think we all sort of have talked about that over the last four mm-hmm. weeks. I mean, that's the whole point. That's what I was saying yesterday. It's the whole point of the sermon series. Mm-hmm. If, if we're going to be good Christians, um, one, you've got to receive grace. <laughs> but, but two, you, you, you have to give grace, but you can't give what you don't understand. Mm-hmm. And so I think when we have a better understanding of grace, it's easier to give it. Well, let's just be real. Extending grace is not always an easy thing. It doesn't come naturally to us. I think I saw some people talk about. I, I saw I was reading comments that were coming from the uh, the online feed yesterday, and uh, one of our members actually said something like, "It's it's hard to extend grace. It's hard to people are are uh, someone said they're mean and petty, you know, and so it's really hard to extend grace when 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 that happens. The only way we're able to do it is through Jesus, and um, and I appreciate that because. Um and I saw lots of people nodding their heads you know they know like they know and understand the the things that I was saying about you know Thanksgiving week <laughs> there's going to have some opportunities to extend grace if you're around family uh they they're the people that bite each other the most sometimes mm-hmm. and uh it's very easy to not do it but I think I think when we understand what we've received it becomes easier to give it mm-hmm. if we have a real you know like I said I When, um, you know, when I, when I saw that, that child give me half of his orange, um, suddenly I understand what generosity really looks like, right? Um, same thing with salvation. And I, 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 you know, um, when I reflect on what the God of the universe has done for me, that's why I wanted to read that Titus three, one through seven again. When I reflect on that, man, how can I not give grace? How can I not extend it? um, having been a recipient of it. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I thought it you know it's a good idea that at least for this week, you know, we bookmark that. And yeah. mm-hmm. you know, if if you come to a spot in, in, in at some point where you're like, Yeah, I can't I, I can't take this
2: anymore. I'm gonna go off on someone. Well you know the, the easy thing is to withhold grace. Yeah. yeah. That's the easy way out. Yeah. Like, hey I'm good, um, I've been given salvation uh, I'm not going to get involved. I'm just going to hang out over here. Me and Jesus have got a good thing going, all that <laughs> other stuff. And just never, and, and, and part of Extending Grace is we've all been given at least one gift, one primary gift that came from God for the edification of the church, the building of the church. And so yeah. how many people withhold their gift, withhold their abilities and all that God's given them to, to actually do things? Um Because the easy way is just to hold on to it and, you know, withhold it. Mm -hmm. The hard thing is to extend it because we got to get past the whole, I'm doing this and get this in the back of my mind. that Oh, if I'm nice to this person, maybe they're going to be nice to me. No, we have to get past that and just say, I'm going to be nice to this person. I'm going to extend grace to them. I'm going to help them, whatever it might be, without any attachments. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's the hardest thing, too, because we want to attack. We want We want it to be like rubber bands, like I'm going to give it to you and I want something in return. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing for us to to get past the withholding of it and get past the giving of it with, with without some kind of reciprocal, I'm going to get something in return. Right.
0: So this gets into probably the, the last thing I want to discuss with you guys. Uh, the, the, there's a second point to this, which is that you know, in order to give grace, we need to model Jesus' example. But I think in connection with that is the third thing that I said, uh, that I brought up, and that's that giving grace, because we're going to model Jesus' example, like you said, Blake, then giving grace to me is first not an option. It's no, it's just, not. It's just it's not, not an option. option. And here's the tough one. It, it can't be conditional. Mm-hmm. It can't be conditional because the grace that we're modeling our, our giving of grace after is not conditional. <laughs> It doesn't come with conditions, like you just said. You can't put attachments to it, and you don't get to pick and choose who you give grace to. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be real, um, and and that's where we really struggle, I think.
3: And especially in a society that's so like uh, consumer driven,
1: mm-hmm.
3: you know, we choose everything. You know, <laughs> we get to choose everything We choose what car we want, what house we live in, uh, how many kids we want, whatever. You know, it's just like we choose how many. We choose what we want, when we want, how we want it in a rich, capitalistic society, which that has its upswings, but with spiritual-wise, that can kind of trickle down into some false theology that we have to fight against. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you said, you can't you can't pick and choose who to give grace to. I think one thing we do, Americans, sometimes we might do that with, like, refugees. Yeah. With refugees, or I think the least of these that Jesus talks about Matthew 25, because... Yeah, the least of these if you're all in all honesty, some of them have deserved to be where they're at. Mm-hmm. Some of them have, you know, should be in prison for the things that they've done and things like that. But he even says, Go to the people in prison. You know, go to the hungry you know, go to the hungry, go to the poor, you know, whatever, go to the refugee, whatever. Um and he says, You don't have an option. You know, that's the Great Commission and the Great Commandment isn't an option for us. No. We live like it is, but it's really not. Yeah. I mean, to
0: begin with, the grace, Jeremiah, that God offers us is not conditional. I mean, I know you, you, you and I have discussed this when we were talking about the sermon series. One of the things you wanted to—we we discussed alternate titles, and one of the ones you proposed was unconditional grace. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 um, and if His grace towards us is not conditional, then, then how can we ever, like, think that it's okay to be conditional with our, our giving of grace?
1: Yeah, it's just—I mean—and Jeff started it off right. If it—if it is conditional, then it's just not grace, mm. like by definition. Yeah, if you have conditions, and you—you you can go to the classic example. Everyone knows of this example. It's—it's it's right here in our faces. But like, it's like I'm not gonna give the beggar money because he doesn't deserve it, mm. or he'll—he'll he'll use it. And those are all conditions. he'll use it to go buy cigarettes or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's what we call conditions. Mm-hmm. And And I'm not saying be stupid, but <laughs> uh, I mean we got we, we, we need to extend grace. And I think part of the problem is is and, and why we, we harp on this so much is because I believe what you receive, that's what you extend. Mm-hmm. So if you believe you're receiving a works-based salvation, you extend mm-hmm. a works-based grace. And that's that's so true. Which is just not grace. That's a good word. Yeah. That's just that's just not grace, but you think that you earned salvation, that you did something to get it, then that means that in your daily life you're going to require things of other people. Yeah. Even they de- they don't deserve it, so I'm not giving it to them. Mm-hmm. They they do deserve this. They can they, they made their bed, they can lie in it. Kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. That's that's really the American dream. That's not the gospel, and that's and what we could say it's it's required or that it's not natural. I think for the believer, because of the Spirit, there's something it becomes natural. Yes. I don't think it starts natural, mm-hmm. but but because God, who is gracious, lives inside of you, it, it it yeah, it has to come out of it. And so what you receive, what we receive relationship with jesus we receive salvation we receive grace we receive god or the spirit and that's what we extend and and that is beautiful
0: and then and that means that you know like i said the the, the thing that popped in my head when i was thinking about this is jesus wasn't selective about whose feet he was washing that day you know he's not you know he didn't look at him go okay your feet are just nasty you wash your own those are i'm not touching those um, you, you did a pretty good job with yours. It's got a little bit, I don't, mind, I don't mind washing yours. And he certainly wasn't He wasn't selective even with the people who he knew were going to betray him. Mm-hmm. He knew that they were going to be, you know, like he knows Judas is going to do this, and yet he doesn't withhold grace from him. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah. you know, that's, that's the part I don't think we want to accept because that's a tough pill to swallow. But the truth is that grace can't even be conditional when it comes to Friend and enemy. I mean it, it can be, Jeff.
2: Yeah, and I was thinking about that. Uh the, the only reason we know about this story is because John records it. He was there. And uh we hear Peter's response and then we hear Jesus' commentary on Judas. But I was thinking, you know, who was the first one? Mm-hmm. Who was the first disciple? that Jesus yeah where's where's well, and you you thinking John's about it, thoughts? I want to know it what yeah, John's so, so about. <laughs> probably that was left out because the first, if it, he would have said and hey, Jesus went and washed James's feet and then the others and then Peter says this then the whole thing would be I'm like James you know I'm <laughs> the one that got my feet washed first and so I think that's probably done intentionally mm-hmm. because I think we're more like Judas and Peter and than we are the, the first eleven or ten that just allow Jesus to do it. Yeah. And so that's the struggle uh that we we just find in our life on a daily, constant basis, you know, and we have to be prompted by the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, like the other night, you know, this guy, I went and got some some uh a newspaper at a convenience store. <laughs> and uh this black guy was like hey man you got a couple of dollars and I'm like "No, I don't have I don't have two dollars and I'm like I'm like look you got like it you got money in your wallet so mm-hmm. I opened it up and I'm like I got a five though I'll give you I said but don't buy beer with it But <laughs> <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have given him money because that's kind of like what we do but I just felt like that night you know the dude's out there and it's cold I gave him the five bucks it wasn't really it wasn't a big thing um so I put conditions on the guess, but telling them not to pop in. <laughs> but um, you know that. But that's 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 what we struggle with. You know who I, who I grace my time with because I have so much time, in the day, and oh no, I, am I going to spend time now with this person and, and listen to their problems and all this other stuff? Um, my gifts, you know, am I going to just? I've been given these gifts, but I'm I'm not going to really exercise them right now. I'm going to take time off. I need time off not to do what I need to do. And um, you know, money—if you look at that as kind of like a, a way of giving and an offering—you know, am I going to am I going to give with the right heart and attitude? So it's, we struggle with this all the time. And, and when we come, when we when we do grace right, it's right when we do it wrong we fail miserably and I think that so often the church does grace wrong mm-hmm. and that's why the world then looks at us uh, with um, thinking that we're wanting something in return every time it's like it, yeah, they, if this church there's, there's got to be something there's got to be a catch and so we can't be the people that are the catch we got to say no I'm just doing this now ultimately yeah we do want to present the gospel and then when you think about, I think Blake said something uh, to tell the truth and love and all. I think telling the truth and love is an act of grace as well. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a hard thing to do to sit down with somebody and say, Hey, look, you know, I need to talk to you. And I'm not coming at you from a judgmental way and all. I'm coming as a fellow struggler and all. But we need to talk about it. Yeah. So all these things we do that's hard to do... Uh, we can only do is if we've received grace, like you said, we, we're in that fellowship with grace, we have the Holy Spirit as that great gift of get, grace, and then we're trying then to um, do this hard thing. Right. Because, I, I, you know, obviously it was hard. It was hard for these disciples to sit there and let Jesus wash their feet. I mean, mm-hmm. Peter, even when Jesus let him catch a bunch of fish, he says, I'm an unclean man, get away from me, kind of thing. So, um, And we can have the same attitudes and all too where I'm worthy of grace now because I've done this sin and right. all this stuff. Yeah. So it's just the, I think it's just the ongoing struggle that we have to deal with all the time of doing grace right, giving grace right, and receiving grace right.
0: Yeah. That's the reason why I ended yesterday with that quote from William Temple who said, man's humility does not begin with the giving of service. It begins with the readiness to receive it. Mm-hmm. For there can be much pride and condescension in our giving a service. Then mm-hmm. I just I, I, and and that's true. I think mean, if you don't get the re, if you don't get the receiving of grace right, um, and receive the right kind of grace, right, like what you were talking about a minute ago, mm-hmm. Jeremiah, receiving the right kind of salvation, then you're you can go and do service, but it's it's not going to be characterized the right way because it's not going to be characterized by what you've received, or maybe it will be characterized by what you received. Um, and that'll end up being a far cry from from the grace that we're we're really after here. So, yeah. Well, I've enjoyed the the sermon series on grace. And
1: um, hey, before we end, did oh, you? Sure uh, did. I know I, I mentioned. I don't think I mentioned the podcast. I mentioned just in the week. I looked for it, so I, I know what you're going to ask me. Yeah.
0: I looked for it and I couldn't find evidence of it. So you talking about where where this is the t- only time where Jesus?
1: Yeah, the only time where he. Um, he says, "I'm being, I'm giving you an example. I'm being an example for you."
0: Yeah, yeah. If it is, it, it might be. I just couldn't find it in any other commentaries I was reading. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, so I, I, I didn't include it because I, 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 hadn't vetted it yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think you might be right about that. I, I. I the
2: only I, time the scripture where Jesus hasn't giving you this example. Yeah, yeah. I, I
1: heard a preacher say it one time, and I just took it as gospel. Which oh, yeah. I'm realizing now, you, you can't really do that, but. Uh, I haven't looked into it myself. I I, I, I kind of asked you to probably
2: do the word search example and find out. I can't
1: think it. of another example. I mean, it's kind of a specific thing, right? Like
2: he tells people, I mean, to "Go and four do the same." Gospels. Go yeah. and do the same.
1: Go and do likewise. Yeah.
0: yeah think, he says, "Go and do likewise." I mean, even when he teaches them the prayer, you know, Lord's prayer. You know, he's he's, he's yeah. He's, pray he's doing, like this. Pray like this. Yeah. I mean, so I don't. Maybe it's the only time that that word, that word example, example is used. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I don't know. I didn't. But I didn't when you
1: say... ask a lot of people, they would say, like you say, uh, who is Jesus? Mm-hmm. A lot of people would say he he's a great example.
2: Yeah. And it's uh, like yeah.
1: you see what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. that's how they describe him. Like he's our roadmap, or the Bible's our roadmap. Right. Right. Great, yeah. Great. He's guy. a great example. We need to follow
2: his example of how to treat.
1: People. And like this is. They wouldn't say, "Yeah, he's a great example." Go wash people's feet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's just I just thought I'd throw that out there. No, I'm,
0: I, I, I knew you would ask me about that because yeah. you had mentioned it to me <laughs> before. And I didn't have a chance to dig deep into it, um, but I did look for it. Maybe we will for next week. Yeah, I did. I I, might. I did look for it while I was while I was studying, and yeah. I just didn't find it, and so. Uh, so I, because I, I thought, okay, well, if this is the case, then it's going to be out there. It's going to be pretty, somebody, yeah, yeah. somebody else will have said this. And uh, I, I, I couldn't find it. I actually, I think I actually... Specifically, looked that up and it still didn't pop up. So yeah. Yeah, I know
2: then the Old King James word like "in sample" is like spelled E-N-S-A-M-P-L-E. Mm. So it could just been that word. Example. I'll, we'll I'll do to, a Google. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll, <laughs> all do that. We'll, we'll do that and
0: get back to you on, on the next one. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for this one. Uh, what were we looking at next
2: week? The memory verse.
0: The memory verse from the Mark one, one three verse of
2: one, as we're preparing for this Christmas season to right. be like John, prepare the way for people to understand though the why of why jesus came we know so much about the how right the wise men and all that other stuff but we need to learn about the why that
0: sounds why great so we'll look at the why of christmas as we're getting uh closer to it was switching gears from thanksgiving to christmas season so thanks for joining us for uh this podcast and uh we uh invite you all to have a happy thanksgiving we hope you enjoy time with family and friends and uh reflecting on the many many graces that god's extended your way all right, we'll see you on the next one. So